Section three of Satan's Diary by Leonid Andreev, translated by Hermann Bernstein. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. February seventh, nineteen fourteen, Rome, Hotel Internationale. I am driven mad whenever I am compelled to seize the club of a policeman to bring order in my brain facts to the right thoughts to the left moods to the rear clear the road for his highness conscience which barely moves about upon its stilts i am compelled to do this otherwise there would be a riot an abracadabra chaos and so i call you to order gentlemen facts and lady thoughts i begin night darkness the air is balmy there is a pleasant fragrance toppy is enchanted we are in italy our speeding train is approaching rome we are enjoying our soft couches when suddenly crash everything flies to the devil the train has gone out of its mind it is wrecked i confess without shame that i am not very brave that i was seized with terror and seemed to have lost consciousness the lights were extinguished and with much labour i crawled out of the corner into which i had been hurled i seemed to have forgotten the exit there were only walls and corners i felt something stinging and beating at me and all about nothing but darkness suddenly i felt a body beneath my feet i stepped right upon the face only afterwards did i discover that the body was that of george my lackey killed outright i shouted and my obliging toppy came to my aid he seized me by the arm and led me to an open window as both exits had been barricaded by fragments of the car and baggage i leaped out but toppy lingered behind my knees were trembling i was groaning but still he failed to appear i shouted suddenly he reappeared at the window and shouted back what are you crying about i am looking for our hats and your portfolio a few moments later he returned and handed me my hat he himself had his silk top hat on and carried the portfolio I shook with laughter and said, "'Young man, you have forgotten the umbrella.' But the old buffoon has no sense of humour. He replied seriously, "'I do not carry an umbrella, and do you know our George is dead and so is the chef?' So this fallen carcass which has no feelings and upon whose face one steps with impunity is our George— I was again seized with terror, and suddenly my eyes were pierced with groans, wild shrieks, whistling, and cries. All the sounds wherewith these braves wail when they are crushed. At first I was deafened. I heard nothing. The cars caught fire. The flames and smoke shot up into the air the wounded began to groan and without waiting for the flesh to roast i darted like a flash into the field what a leap 
fortunately the low hills of the roman campagna are very convenient for this kind of sport and i was no means behind in the line of runners when out of breath i hurled myself upon the ground it was no longer possible to hear or see anything only toppy was approaching but what a terrible thing this heart is my face touched the earth the earth was cool firm calm and here i liked it it seemed as if it had restored my breath and put my heart back into its place i felt easier the stars above were calm there was nothing for them to get excited about they were not concerned with things below they merely shine in triumph that is their eternal ball and at this brilliant ball the earth clothed in darkness appeared as an enchanting stranger in a black mask not at all badly expressed i trust that you my reader will be pleased my style and my manners are improving i kissed toppy in the darkness i always kiss those i like in the darkness and i said you are carrying your human form toppy very well i respect you but what are we to do now those lights yonder in the sky they are the lights of rome but they are too far away yes it is rome affirmed toppy and raised his hand do you hear whistling from somewhere in the distance came the long-drawn piercing shrieking of locomotives they were sounding the alarm yes they are whistling i said and laughed they are whistling repeated toppy smiling he never laughs but here again i began to feel uncomfortable i was cold lonely quivering in my feet there was still the sensation of treading upon corpses i wanted to shake myself like a dog after a bath you must understand me it was the first time that i had seen and felt your corpse my dear reader and if you pardon me it did not appeal to me at all why did it not protest when i walked over its face george had such a beautiful young face and he carried himself with much dignity remember your face too may be trod upon and will you too remain submissive we did not proceed to rome but went instead in search of the nearest night lodging we walked long we grew tired we longed to drink oh how we longed to drink and now permit me to present to you my new friend signor thomas magnus and his beautiful daughter maria at first we observed the faint flicker of a light as we approached nearer we found a little house its white walls gleaming through a thicket of dark cypress trees and shrubbery there was a light in one of the windows the rest were barricaded with shutters the house had a stone fence an iron gate strong doors and silence 
at first glance it all looked suspicious toppy knocked still silence i knocked again silence finally there came a gruff voice asking from behind the iron door who are you what do you want hardly mumbling with his parched tongue my brave toppy narrated the story of the catastrophe and our escape he spoke at length and then came the click of a lock and the door was opened following behind our austere and silent stranger we entered the house passed through several dark and silent rooms walked up a flight of creaking stairs into a brightly lighted room apparently the stranger's workroom there was much light many books with one open beneath a low lamp shaded by a simple green globe we had not noticed this light in the field but what astonished me was the silence of the house despite the rather early hour not a move not a sound not a voice was to be heard have a seat we sat down and toppy now almost in pain began again to narrate his story but the strange host interrupted him yes a catastrophe they often occur in our roads were there many victims toppy continued his prattle and the host while listening to him took a revolver out of his pocket and hid it in a table drawer adding carelessly this is not a particularly quiet neighbourhood well please remain here for the first time he raised his dark eyebrows and his large dim eyes and studied us intently as if he were gazing upon something savage in a museum it was an impolite and brazen stare i arose and said i fear that we are not welcome here signor and he stopped me with an impatient and slightly sarcastic gesture nonsense you remain here i will get you some wine and food my servant is here in the daytime only so allow me to wait on you you will find the bathroom behind this door go wash and freshen up while i get the wine make yourself at home while we ate and drank with savage relish i confess this unsympathetic gentleman kept on reading a book as if there were no one else in the room undisturbed by toppy's munching and the dog's struggle with a bone i studied my host carefully almost my height his pale face bore an expression of weariness he had a black oily bandit-like beard but his brow was high and his nose betrayed good sense how would you describe it well here again i seek comparisons imagine the nose betraying the story of a great passionate extraordinary secret life it is beautiful and seems to have been made not out of muscle and cartilage but out of what do you call it out of thoughts and brazen desires he seems quite brave too but i was particularly attracted by his hands very big very white 
and giving the impression of self-control i do not know why his hands attracted me so much but suddenly i thought how beautifully exact the number of fingers exactly ten of them ten thin evil wise crooked fingers i said politely thank you signor he replied my name is magnus thomas magnus have some wine americans i waited for toppy to introduce me according to the english custom and i looked toward magnus one had to be an ignorant illiterate animal not to know me toppy broke in mr henry wondergood of illinois his secretary irwin toppy your obedient servant yes citizens of the united states the old buffoon blurted out his tirade evincing a thorough lack of pride and magnus yes he was a little startled billions my friend billions he gazed at me long and intently mr wondergood henry wondergood are you not sir that american billionaire who seeks to bestow upon humanity the benefits of his billions i modestly shook my head in the affirmative yes i am the gentleman toppy shook his head in affirmation the ass yes we are the gentlemen magnus bowed and said with a tinge of irony in his voice humanity is awaiting you mr wondergood judging by the roman newspapers it is extremely impatient but i must crave your pardon for this very modest meal i did not know i seized his large strangely warm hand and shaking it violently in american fashion i said nonsense signor magnus i was a swineherd before i became a billionaire while you are a straightforward honest and noble gentleman whose hand i press with the utmost respect the devil take it not a single human face has yet aroused in me as much sympathy as yours magnus said magnus said nothing i cannot continue this i said he said this cursed consistency is deadly to my inspiration it transforms me into a silly romanticist of a boulevard sheet and makes me lie like a mediocrity i have five senses i am a complete human being and yet i speak only of the hearing and now about the sight i assure you it did not remain idle and this sensation of the earth of italy of my existence which i now perceive with a new and sweet strength you imagine that all i did was to listen to wise thomas magnus he speaks and i gaze understand answer while i think what a beautiful earth what a beautiful campagna di roma i persisted in penetrating the recesses of the house into its locked silent rooms with every moment my joy mounted at the thought that i am alive that i can speak and play and suddenly i rather liked the idea of being human i remember that i held out my card to magnus henry wondergood he was surprised 
but laid the card politely on the table i felt like implanting a kiss on his brow for his politeness for the fact that he too was human i too am human i was particularly proud of my foot encased in a fine tan leather shoe and i persisted in swinging it swing on beautiful human american foot i was extremely emotional that evening i even wanted to weep to look my host straight in the eyes and to squeeze out of my own eyes so full of love and goodness two little tears i actually did it for at that moment i felt a little pleasant sting in my nose as if it had been hit by a spurt of lemonade i observed that my two little tears made an impression upon magnus but toppy while i experienced this wondrous poem of feeling human and even of weeping he slept like a dead one at the very same table i was rather angered this was really going too far i wanted to shout at him but magnus restrained me he has had a good deal of excitement and is weary mr wondergood the hour had really grown late we had been talking and arguing with magnus for two hours when toppy fell asleep i sent him off to bed while we continued to talk and drink for quite a while i drank more wine but magnus restrained himself there was a dimness about his face i was beginning to develop an admiration for his grim and at times evil secretive countenance he said i believe in your altruistic passion mr wondergood but i do not believe that you a man of wisdom and of action and it seems to me somewhat cold could place any serious hopes upon your money three billion dollars that is a mighty power magnus yes three billion dollars a mighty power indeed he agreed rather unwillingly but what will you do with it i laughed you probably want to say what can this ignoramus of an american this erstwhile swineherd who knows swine better than he knows men do with the money the first business helps the other said magnus i dare say you have but a slight opinion of this foolish philanthropist whose head has been turned by his gold said i yes to be sure what can i do i can open another university in chicago or another maternity hospital in san francisco or another humanitarian reformatory in new york the latter would be a distinct work of mercy quoth magnus do not gaze at me with such reproach mr wondergood i am not jesting you will find in me the same pure love for humanity which burns so fiercely in you he was laughing at me and i felt pity for him not to love people miserable unfortunate magnus i could kiss his brow with great pleasure not to love people yes i do not love them affirmed magnus 
but i am glad that you do not intend to travel the conventional road of all american philanthropists your billions three billions magnus one could build a nation on this money yes or destroy a nation said i with this gold magnus one can start a war or a revolution yes i actually succeeded in arousing his interests his large white hands trembled slightly and in his eyes there gleamed for a moment a look of respect you wondergood are not as foolish as i thought he arose paced up and down the room and halting before me asked sneeringly and you know exactly what your humanity needs most the creation of a new or the destruction of the old state war or peace rest or revolution who are you mr wondergood of illinois that you essay to solve these problems you had better keep on building your maternity hospitals and universities that is far less dangerous work i liked the man's auteur i bowed my head modestly and said you are right signor magnus who am i henry wondergood to undertake the solution of these problems but i do not intend to solve them i merely indicate them i indicate them and i seek the solution i seek the solution and the man who can give it to me i have never read a serious book carefully i see you have quite a supply of books here you are a misanthrope magnus you are too much of a european not to be easily disillusioned in things while we young america believe in humanity a man must be created you in europe are bad craftsmen and have created a bad man we shall create a better one i beg your pardon for my frankness as long as i was merely henry wondergood i devoted myself only to the creation of pigs and my pigs let me say to you have been awarded no fewer medals and decorations than field marshal moltke but now i desire to create people magnus smiled you are an alchemist wondergood you would transform lead into gold yes i want to create gold and i seek the philosopher's stone but has it not already been found it has been found only you do not know how to use it it is love ah magnus i do not know yet what i will do but my plans are heroic and magnificent if not for that misanthropic smile of yours i might go further believe in man magnus and give me your aid you know what man needs most he said coolly and with sadness he needs prisons and gallows i exclaimed in anger i am particularly adept in feigning anger you are slandering me magnus i see that you must have experienced some very great misfortune perhaps treachery and hold on wondergood 
i never speak of myself and do not like to hear others speak of me let it be sufficient for you to know that you are the first man in four years to break in upon my solitude and this only due to chance i do not like people oh pardon but i do not believe it magnus went over to the bookcase and with an expression of supreme contempt he seized the first volume he laid his hands upon and you who have read no books he said do you know what these books are about only about evil about the mistakes and sufferings of humanity they are filled with tears and blood wondergood look in this thin little book which i clasp between two fingers is contained a whole ocean of human blood and if you should take all of them together and who has spilled this blood the devil i felt flattered and wanted to bow in acknowledgment but he threw the book aside and shouted no sir man man has spilled this blood yes i do read books but only for one purpose to learn how to hate man and to hold him in contempt you wondergood have transformed your pigs into gold yes and i can see how your gold is being transformed back again into pigs they will devour you wondergood but i do not wish either to prattle or to lie throw your money into the sea or build some new prisons and gallows you are vain like all men then go on building gallows you will be respected by serious people while the flock in general will call you great or don't you american from illinois want to get into the pantheon no magnus blood cried magnus can't you see that it is everywhere here it is on your boot now i confess that at the moment magnus appeared to be insane i jerked my foot in sudden fear and only then did i perceive a dark reddish spot on my shoe how dastardly magnus smiled and immediately regaining his composure continued calmly and without emotion i have unwittingly startled you mr wondergood nonsense you probably stepped on something inadvertently a mere trifle but this conversation a conversation i have not conducted for a number of years makes me uneasy and-good-night mr wondergood to-morrow i shall have the honour of presenting you to my daughter and now you will permit me and so on in short this gentleman conducted me to my room in a most impolite manner and well-nigh put me to bed i offered no resistance why should i i must say that i did not like him at this moment i was even pleased when he turned to go but suddenly he turned at the very threshold and stepping forward stretched out his large white hands and murmured do you see these hands there's blood on them let it be the blood of a scoundrel a torturer a tyrant 
but it is the same red human blood good-night he spoiled my night for me i swear by eternal salvation that on that night i felt great pleasure in being a man and i made myself thoroughly at home in his narrow human skin it made me feel uncomfortable in the armpits you see i bought it ready-made and thought that it would be as comfortable as if it had been made to measure i was highly emotional i was extremely good and affable i was very eager to play but i was not inclined to tragedy blood how can any person of good breeding thrust his white hands under the nose of a stranger hangmen have very white hands do not think i am jesting i did not feel well in the daytime i still manage to subdue wondergood but at night he lays his hands upon me it is he who fills me with his silly dreams and shakes within me his entire dusty archive and how godlessly silly and meaningless are his dreams he fusses about within me all night long like a returned master seems to be looking about for something grumbles about losses and wear and tear and sneezes and cavorts about like a dog lying uncomfortable on its bed it is he who draws me in at night like a mass of wet lime into the depth of miserable humanity where i nearly choke to death when i awake in the morning i feel that wondergood has infused ten more degrees of human into me think of it he may soon eject me altogether and leave me standing outside he the miserable owner of an empty barn into which i brought breath and soul like a hurried thief i crawled into a stranger's clothes the pockets of which are bulging with forged promissory notes no still worse it is not only uncomfortable attire it is a low dark and stifling jail wherein i occupy less space than a ring might in the stomach of wondergood you my dear reader have been hidden in your prison from childhood and you even seem to like it but i i come from the kingdom of liberty and i refuse to be wondergood's tapeworm one swallow of poison and i am free again what will you say then scoundrel wondergood without me you will be devoured by the worms you will crack open at the seams miserable carcass touch me not on this night however i was in the absolute power of wondergood what is human blood to me what do i care about the troubles of their life but wondergood was quite aroused by the crazy magnus suddenly i felt just think of it that i am filled with blood like the bladder of an ox and the bladder is very thin and weak so that it would be dangerous to prick it prick it and out spurts the blood 
i was terrified at the idea that i might be killed in this house that some one might cut my throat and turning me upside down hanging by the legs would let the blood run out upon the floor i lay in the darkness and strained my ears to hear whether or not magnus was approaching with his white hands and the greater the silence in this cursed house the more terrified i grew even toppy failed to snore as usual this made me angry then my body began to ache perhaps i was injured in the wreck or was it weariness brought on by the flight then my body began to itch in the most ordinary way and i even began to move the feet it was the appearance of the jovial clown in the tragedy suddenly a dream seized me by the feet and dragged me rapidly below i hardly had time enough to shout and what nonsense arose before me do you ever have such dreams i felt that i was a bottle of champagne with a thin neck and sealed but filled not with wine but with blood and it seemed that not only i but all people had become bottles with sealed tops and all of us were arranged in a row on the seashore and some one horrible was approaching from somewhere and wanted to smash us all and i saw how foolish it would be to do so and wanted to shout don't smash them get a corkscrew but i had no voice i was a bottle suddenly the dead lackey george approached in his hands was a huge sharp corkscrew he said something and seized me by the throat ah ah by the throat i awoke in pain apparently he did try to open me up my wrath was so great that i neither sighed nor smiled nor moved i simply killed wondergood again i gnashed my teeth straightened out my eyes closed them calmly stretched out at full length and lay peacefully in the full consciousness of the greatness of my ego had the ocean itself moved up on me i would not have batted an eye get thee hence my friend i wish to be alone and the body grew silent colourless airy and empty again with light step i left it and before my eyes there arose a vision of the extraordinary that which cannot be expressed in your language my poor friend satisfy your curiosity with the dream i have just confided to you and ask no more or does not the huge sharp corkscrew suit you but it is so artistic End of section 3